0: Welcome to the Supported Living Property Podcast with your host, me, Lisa Brown. The place to learn about supported living property investing. Before we get started, I want to make sure you know about the Supported Living Property Network. If you need a property for supported living, if you have property that you want to lease to a supported living provider, or if you simply want to learn more about supported living property, then the network is here to help you. You can find out more in the show notes or by going to my website www.lisabrown.uk. In this episode, Lisa Kelly Tong talks about her journey from being in the RAF to becoming a property investor. Lisa explains how she creates homes for veterans and helps us understand some of the challenges veterans face. She gives some advice for property investors who are interested in creating these much needed homes for veterans. Hi, Lisa. It's great to have you here today. How are you? Really good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, it's great to have you here. Um, for people who don't know you, do you want to tell people a little bit about you and what you do?
1: Hi, oh, yeah, I'm Lisa Kelly Tong, and I run a company called Kelton Homes um we support the military family um we basically provide the house and they create the home um i left the air force um crikey it must have been coming up for four years ago now um so right in the middle of covid but uh yeah set up this business
0: fantastic was this something you'd always planned to do or was this something how did you end up going from the military into doing property
1: it's amazing how life takes you in different different ways um, i've always had a bit of a uh, an interest in, in property um just, just love everything about it its character the stories about it um i always thought it was a bit of a safe space as well um without boring you about my background from that perspective um yeah it has that, that sense of safe um i bought my first property in 1998 i think it was that was my my first home um i just qualified as a physiotherapist um and yeah, it was my my first home. Um, then decided to join the military. Um, my my dad was ex-army and he always had a bit of a black, black cloud over his head, um, because he'd always rented. Um, he was of the generation of of um veterans that always used to rent. They never really bought their own home. Um, and he was never sure whether the, the landlord was going to sell up or move on or or anything like that so so we decided that um, we would invest in a property for him so that he could live and then not have to worry about that sort of thing and it just kind of developed from there um really I was I was kind of um if I want of a better word an amateur at it really it just by circumstance and then I realized the power of, of property long term um and I thought you know what um I deal with a lot of um I was personnel support within the Air Force. Um, So we were looking at a lot of accommodation issues, you know, people's people's lives. I myself had difficulties with accommodation. So I thought I need to tie the two up together. My passion for the military, passion for property. And it just really grew from there.
0: Fantastic. So, so what is it that you do now when you talk about this military family in this home, the kind of those the recurring themes, aren't they, through all the stuff that you've just said. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do.
1: Well, the military family can be anything. It doesn't have to just be this, the serving person. Um it can be the partner of parents, uh, children, um, brothers and sisters, that that kind of thing. It's anybody that really supports. Because there's one thing is, you know, a, a military person needs that that support network you know they're just as important as the service person themselves Uh, and when when people leave the military they can sometimes find that they don't have that network as as such Um, so it's important to to make sure we still have those networks so we'll support anybody in that military family Um, I think people's issues are so complex that I don't do one particular strategy to be honest it's it's a mixture so it's it's, it's talking to the client and speaking about what their problems are and just seeing if we can help at all. And in what ways do you help people? What kind of things do you do? I think I think the big one at the moment is uh, tenant buyer. Um, so for whatever reason, um, people are struggling to get a mortgage. Can't get the deposit, poor credit history, um, lots of different reasons. Um, so we'll start off, um, first and foremost, is getting them to speak to a mortgage advisor. Um, and try and find out you know what the issues are be amazed how many people have never spoken to a mortgage advisor and they just don't know if they can get a mortgage themselves
0: I think people assume they can't don't they assume it's out of their reach Yeah. yeah yeah
1: totally um if we can you know look at three to five years time that they'll be in a position where they can get a mortgage um so we all support them in that so we buy the property they'll rent it off us Um, for a period that that period of time that's agreed and they'll buy it off us after that time at that agreed price Um, they can also walk away so if they get into a situation where they just cannot the mortgage rates go up sky high for example they they can't follow or track it um, or they don't get themselves in that position they'll either walk away and go some uh, rent somewhere else or we'll keep them in the property no problems at all.
0: So you're basically people will come to you. They're not in a position they can get a mortgage at this point in time. You'll rent them a property for the first few years. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And then that but you'll agree a price that they'll buy it from you. It's all kind of set in in, the beginning. At the set. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Just so that people know where they where they are really and know what they're aiming for. And then they'd have to come up with a deposit in that period of time. That's how it would work. Yeah. yeah, there's an element of the
1: the rent as well, so it'll be a little bit more than the the market rent. Um, that will then cover a deposit as well, so that'll go towards a deposit. It might not cover the full deposit, but
0: it's certainly um, a long way towards it. And that works for you as a property investor as well, because obviously it's a strategy I hear people talking about quite a lot. Tenant buyer, and I think it's it's not very well known, is it? I think there's a there's a lot of bit confusion around it. But that mm. works from your perspective. Does that give you certainty about what's happening, or? Yeah, no, definitely. Because you know what you're going
1: to sell that that property for. You know you're going to have tenants in there uh, for that period of time. Um, they will look at all uh, you know any maintenance issues that are, um, with the property. Obviously, we'll look after any safety aspects, so the the, the legislative um, aspects, gas safety, etc. Um, so yeah, it
0: it just means that everybody's um, a win win. If you like, it's a great. App. You can see why it's very, very appealing for people as well, because that's what a lot of people want, isn't it? And to have that Mm. certainty. And it also gives people certainty that this is going to be their home, because there's a lot of, you know, like you were saying about the experience your father had, you know, a lot of people have that experience, don't they? They move into a rental property and then actually they don't know whether they're going to be able to stay there long term. They can't put roots down. It's very difficult for people, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, it, it is really tough. It's yeah, like I said, it's just listening to people and just hearing what their problems are and just seeing if we can help. I think it's important to know as well is that, you know, we we, we can't help everybody. Um, if we had all the money in the world, I think everybody would want to, to help people. But um, yeah, you've just got to do what you can do.
0: Of course you have. Absolutely. But I think that's the approach that you're taking is a very kind of like open approach, isn't it? And it's very it's a different way, I think, from a lot of property investors approaches to property investing because you're looking at it about yes, it's got to work for you and your business, but actually how does it work You know, for everyone else involved? Um, so I imagine that's quite popular. Have you found that people are taking that up?
1: Yeah, no, very much so, very much so. We've got the straightforward buy-to-lets as well. So some people just want to do a straightforward rental. They've, they've seen a property. They know it's near the schools for their children. They want to stay closer to other people and their support network. So it, it works for them just to do a straightforward uh, uh, AST. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: And how do you find the people that you're working with? Are they referred to you in a particular way? Are they just people that you've you've come across? How does that happen?
1: Um, it's a bit of word of mouth um to start off with, really. Um yeah, it's there's no necessarily referral system. It is is pretty much word of mouth. So um I I've I've spent a lot of time, COVID in particular, spent a lot of time researching a lot of you know, things that were a big issue for people, try to find out where the issues were um, location-wise. Um, and there wasn't a great deal of information out there about veterans and where they were and what what the prob- specific problems were, because I really wanted to target certain areas. Um, but the information is quite scarce, to be honest. Um, so it literally is people talking to people. I mean, the, the military network, the veterans network is quite big, so... Um, yeah, there's, there's unfortunately no end of of people who need support.
0: It's massive, isn't it? Whereabouts in the, so you're doing this in a small area of the country at the moment?
1: No, I'm not actually. I've, I've I started off all over the country, so um, I'm I'm Portsmouth, Skelmersdale, Grantham, uh, North Yorkshire. Um, but having said that, for the next two years, I will be focusing in on the Lincolnshire area. Uh, my other half's deploying next year but she's still serving so I, um i'm gonna have to keep it local mm-hmm. i've got a two-year-old as well so i need to uh, support him
0: yeah yeah absolutely so you can't it's not gonna be so easy to travel around but i'm sure there's still massive demand in, in each area oh. isn't there There's huge huge yeah. demand for that yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely what are the specific um sort of Requirements housing wise, do you think veterans have when we're looking at housing? What do you think people need to be thinking about more? I know you're saying it's difficult to get hold of this research, isn't it? And this, you know, actually the, the things. But in your experience, what have you discovered?
1: Well, certainly, um, in typical military fashion, I've I've um, set up the business in a phased approach. Um, so this phase is because uh, I want the business to be sustainable and I, and I want it to have some longevity. Um, So this phase is really getting the business so that it has um, good cash flow, great income. um, It can support itself. The operational costs are covered. And then what we're looking at uh, next time is what I found a lot of the time is communities of veterans. Um, So supported flats, a bit more into the supported living, but having the whole the whole package A lot of people just don't need the homes. It's a lot more than that. They need a lot more support in lots of different areas. Um, And I think it's just, you know, keeping busy and having a purpose. And I think that's what's missing. It's all very well having the foundations and having the safety of a home. But if you're not going outside of that home for whatever reason, then that can cause a lot more issues. Um, So I think our next phase then would be going on to trying to look for big buildings, supported flats, having a community area. Um, there's loads of models all over the country and um, there's
0: nothing specific in Lincolnshire at the moment so so hopefully we'll we'll be providing that next phase. Fantastic and that's something that's very much needed isn't it for those veterans who are maybe having more of a mental health crisis needing more, more support um, yeah. and being able to provide that and that purpose thing is you know I think we all need purpose don't we it's very very key but I think when you've been in a very full-on job like being in the forces and then suddenly stopping that transition must be very difficult.
1: Yeah, no, exa- exactly. I think I think there's uh, a lot to be said about transitioning out. Um, you know, it's if, if finding about who you are and and how you are could, because you've been wearing a uniform, you've had a rank on you for however long. Try, taking all that back and actually trying to work out who you are can be quite a difficult challenge. And um, I was speaking to a lieutenant colonel the other day, and uh, he was well. The other day it was a couple of months ago now, but. He was having difficulties um, even renting property. So, so his story, leaving as a lieutenant colonel, thought his life was planned, retirement, et cetera. Um, he went through a very nasty divorce. Um, wife left, um, uh, a whole heap of other things. Wasn't able to pay the mortgage or, or the wife wasn't able to pay the mortgage. So they ended up being arrears. Of course, that affected credit history. Um, he then started sofa surfing with with friends, um, next step, drinking a lot more, etc. Next spiral, um, you know, friends then saying he can't live there anymore. The house gets sold. He has money. He's able to do that. But because of his poor reference, his poor credit history, he can't get a mortgage and he can't rent anywhere either. Um, the rental demand is so high at the moment that, you know, if you're squeaky clean, you're pretty much at the top of the list. If you have even a little blip, you go to the bottom of the list. And that that's where a lot of people are struggling. Mm. Um, you know, he has the money. He can pay, you know, a couple of his rent if he wanted to, if he needed to. And um, so we're going to work with with him um, and we'll probably look at the tenant buyer. Um, if possible Um, but it's amazing the stories that are out there that and I'm sure it's within the wider public as well that um, you know there are a lot of struggles out there so
0: definitely and and I think it's that Like you say, whilst the rental demand is so high at the moment, there's like where I am down in Devon, there's, you know, huge numbers of people applying for any property that comes available Mm. and just heartbreaking stories of people who are desperately trying to get accommodation local to schools and workplaces and just nothing available. Um, so yeah if you have anything like that in your credit history anything it makes it really really hard doesn't it to try and get something and you would think you know I think a lot of people would assume that because you were a veteran you would have be queue jumped somehow you'd get an extra element of support in there but that's not the case is that what you're saying
1: no no not at all um um the the, the one thing that I found as well is that um veterans are very proud people um to, so to to seek support and help doesn't come naturally um supporting others absolutely but looking after yourself is a little bit sketchy um so especially when it comes down to if you need charitable support um a lot lot of veterans won't go anywhere near charities um they'll find it find another way somehow um sometimes not at all um unfortunately so yeah that you, you've got to be mindful i think of of those people that don't want to you know go to charitable support there's there's plenty out there
0: and i guess that's where you're offering something different in that you're not a charity actually you're a property business yeah 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 no exactly exactly and um what other kind of support do you think people need when they're so if if you're a property investor and you're listening to this and you're thinking this sounds great you know i really would like to get involved in this space i'd like to sort of help and and obviously people can invest with you and, uh, you know, it sounds like you've got massive demand at the moment. So it's, you know, yeah. if people are listening and they're thinking they've got some funds to invest, then obviously do you get in touch with Lisa around that. But if they're thinking, actually, I want to do this myself and I want to support veterans, you know, and, and try and offer homes to veterans, what kind of things do you think people need to be thinking about? Um, First and foremost, I'd
1: say don't go in it blindly. Um, it, there's a lot to it. It's very complex. Um. The, the education side of it is, is hugely supportive. Um, you know, your, your group is, is, you know, invaluable. You, you've, you've got to get that network of people who, um, who understand, uh, some of the complex issues, um, and really getting yourself educated in it. Do not go into it blindly. It's not something that, you know, you could, you could do more harm than, than, than help to be honest. Um, but, but yeah, welcome, more people into the area um without a doubt you know there's never a i don't think there's a space within supported living or supporting other people where it's you know it's saturated at all um so yeah so first and foremost is is education um
0: yeah i think so and i think also understanding the complexity of you know the example you gave of of that um, veteran and his experiences you know and you're often talking about people who have become very very damaged aren't you people Mm -hmm. who've been through some really really tough experiences who have a battling addictions and you know ptsd and you know people end up in prison don't they? they end up in a whole host of different situations so i think just assuming you're helping this nice veteran and it'll all be OK sort of thing. Actually, <laughs> it's not it's not as straightforward as that, is it? It, it is hard.
1: No, it's it, it's definitely not. It's definitely not. I'm, I, the, the whole person has to be taken into account uh, the complexities of of family life, what they were what were they're like as an individual before they even joined the military. You know, people can have complex lives without having the military um, aspect to it. But you throw in the military side of it. Um, you know being away from your own network for so long seeing some of the things that you see and it's not just people that have been into battle either you know it, there, there's a lot more that goes goes into it that um, can cause a lot of trauma so it's it's just being cognizant of all those things I think a few people just automatically assume you've been to battle therefore you're going to have an issue it's it, it's not there's a lot more to it
0: mm absolutely and it's all of those factors come together don't they at that moment of crisis and then someone yeah it's trying to help and I think you know when you're looking at there's so much overlap isn't there with veteran support when we're looking at the homeless organizations we're looking at the you know people leaving prison we're looking at the addiction services all of these services overlap don't they so much because there's so much cross play there no
1: absolutely absolutely and I would reach out to my veteran community as well is to say You may not have a particular issue in your own life and and things are are great. It's important to go to some events that are there specifically for veterans so that you can gain an understanding of all the different support networks that are out there. So that if that time comes and you meet another veteran who needs help, you know who to go to. A lot of people don't know what's out there. You know, there's a plethora of support networks, support um, companies out there. Um, it's just tapping into them um, but like I say just because you don't have a problem just just get the knowledge yourself about what's out there and mm-hmm. you can help even just one person would be uh, amazing
0: absolutely and I think you know that's also for people who maybe aren't ex-forces as well that, that you know actually there's yeah you know just there are a lot of veterans around there's a lot of veterans experiencing challenges aren't there so being able to know where to direct people and offer help I think yeah really
1: no absolutely yeah
0: I think that's really really helpful um we'll obviously put your contact details in the show notes Lisa so people can get a hold of you and sort of follow you on social media and see the stuff you're doing because I know you're doing some really exciting stuff and obviously your plans going forward they're are really positive and yeah it's going to be great to see where you go with those things um and yeah is there anything else that we need to say is there anything else we need to cover are we kind of
1: um no I think I think I've I've forgotten phase three
0: Oh, exciting. No, we didn't get to phase three. I probably stopped (laughs) you talking. No,
1: no, no, no. It was just um, phase three, which is something I'm I'm passionate about all of it anyway. But um, so phase three is the the care home side of it. Um, So I'm looking to a bit, bit, I I won't say like the Chelsea pensioners because that's the wrong thing to say. Um, I do think there is an element, a lot of the other charities do provide um, uh, care home uh, provision. Um, the one thing that isn't out there I think is the is the private sector as well um there's a lot of areas certainly in Lincolnshire that, that that's crying out for you know uh, care homes that are specific for veterans just so that they can talk about what's what's gone on a lot of people um don't necessarily talk what veterans talk about um it is slightly unique um <laughs> so having a you know a group of people um in the same space um certainly oh,
0: something we're looking at that sounds amazing. Is there a phase four? I feel like I'm making sure not another <laughs> no, phase. I, that got. Do
1: you know what? No, I'm I'm probably too old then, but that, that'll be for somebody else to uh, <laughs> drive that forward.
0: But really important. as, as yeah. I, And I think, yeah, I think more and more we're looking at um, delivering elderly care support in a very different way, aren't we? And in a more tailored way, I think, as people have got, you, you know, more demanding that's not maybe appropriately demanding you know in what we expect as we get older what the services that we want actually are very different so that certainly when I was a student nurse and the kind of nursing homes that were available then I think things are changing aren't they so that sounds like great for the better yeah absolutely some of them were horrific yeah yeah, I think really that sounds like a great model that sounds brilliant so you can have this Kelton homes all the way through your life then
1: however long that is who knows but yeah that'd be...
0: <laughs> no I mean for people coming to you people can come and move into your homes and then actually transition into the a care home potentially if they need to potentially
1: no I see what you mean yeah no absolutely yeah. right absolutely right yeah brilliant
0: thank you Lisa it's been great talking to you thanks very much and like I said we'll put your contact details in the show notes
1: cool fabulous thank you so much Lisa
0: bye thank you for listening if you found this useful then please do click the subscribe button and leave a review If you enjoyed this episode, would you please consider telling someone else about it? Sharing the podcast really helps increase the reach of the show and I would be super grateful. Thank you.